Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. What is, what is this thing church about? Why did Jesus even start this thing? What did, what did Jesus say? What did he do? What did he value? And, and really try to explain and cast vision for what we do here at Freedom Church. Why do we do it? Why do we value it? And, and go from it from there. My, my prayer today is that you would, you would hear from God today, that you would uh, see how God views you, that you'd get a, a glimpse of how the Father uh, views you as his son and as his, his daughter. Um, I want to kind of start off by asking the question, have you ever had anything in your, in your life where you, you envisioned something? Uh, maybe it was an, an event or a conversation or, or something, but you're like, like, I had it planned out in your mind, this is how I expect it to go, and then it just does not play out the way that you wanted it to go. I mentioned a couple weeks ago kind of the, the viral sensation, the Kiki Challenge. Um, and and I don't, some of you guys are like, I don't know what it is. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. It's, it's the thing where they play this song by Drake called In My Feelings, and then the person gets out of their car, and while the car is moving, they start dancing to the song, and the friend sits in the passenger seat and videos um, them doing this. And we got a video here to show you um, the Kiki uh, challenge. <laughs> I'm sure he had that uh, played out in his mind exactly how that one uh, should go. Um, it just didn't go out how he uh, expected. He did not see that one coming uh, for sure. Um, you have things where you're just like, hey, man, I have it planned out, and it doesn't go like you expected. Family vacations, anybody, or you know, you got it. You think this is how it's going to go. Here we are, the beautiful beach of Cancun. We are happy, one of our favorite family photos of myself and, and Rita. We're laughing and we're smiling, but you want to know what we're saying in this picture as we're looking at each other, as we're holding our two boys really tight? We are never taking them on vacation again. <laughs> they may not even make it out of Mexico. The resort has a great childcare facility. You know, you say some things on that vacation that I, I had to kind of Am I still a Christian? I don't, I don't know. You would think, not our boys, you know, they're so cute, they're so precious, but I am convinced that a lot of that is for survival for some of them sometimes, okay? Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. At least someone, yeah. It, things happen, and they don't go exactly uh, how we expect them uh, to go. And this can happen in, in our lives in some situations. It also happened with Jesus as well. We're going to camp out in Luke chapter 15 today. And this is a situation where Jesus is having some expectations placed on him where people are looking at Jesus and they're like, this is not what we expected um, you to be. This is not how we expected it to go. Luke chapter 15 verse 1 says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to Jesus to, uh, to listen to him teach. 
This made the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So you have two, two uh, complete opposites in the room. You have the tax collectors and sinners. Like people are just, they're just labeled as sinners. I, I mean, that's kind of weird to me, but it, it's not like, hey, there's James and Frank. There's like, no, there's the, there's the sinners. Tax collectors, if you don't know, they were hated in, in that time. I don't know anyone writing like Christmas cards to their IRS people, um, but these guys were like taking their money, kind of cheating them out, so they hated them. Jesus hung out with these guys. But then you had the religious people, the, the so-called church people who are looking at this situation like, this is not what we would expect of the local rabbi, of the teacher, of this guy who's claiming to be the Messiah. Why, does, why do you hang out with such sinful people? It's not how we expected it to go. And then Jesus tells them a story. In this chapter, Luke chapter 15, if you've never read it, to me is beautiful because of the context here, because he tells not just one story to make a point, not just two stories to make a point. He hits them with three, because I really believe that Jesus wants them, that Jesus wants you and I to understand this one. I want you, Jesus is God, so he's saying, I want you to get my heart. Understand my heart. Why do you hang out with such sinful people? Why do you associate with such sinful people, Jesus? Let me, let me make this plain and clear to everyone. So he tells a story. He said, picture it like a shepherd who has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost. And I, and I will recklessly go and go find the, the one. And, and some people, some religious haters of the day right now are, are th thinking reckless is a reckless choice of words on, on God's love, but we can debate that all day long. But he goes after the one, he finds the one, he says, after I find the one, we're going to have a party, we're going to celebrate this thing, because my, the sheep was lost, it was on its deathbed, we found it, it's alive. But then he just goes straight into another story. And he tells about a, a woman who, who had a valuable coin and she had lost her coin and she was freaking out about it. Like when we lose our cell phone and you're like, I can't, I can't go on without my, where's my cell phone? I can't function. I can't think. I've lost my cell phone. And you rip the pulse apart. Like you've tried to dial it and you know, you're listening for the ring. You try to can't find, you know, find my iPhone on the internet. You can't find it. You're, and then you found your cell phone. And you're telling everybody, I lost my cell phone, and now I found it. It saved me a thousand bucks, and I'm good to go. She parties, and she celebrates. And then he tells a third story about a father and two sons. And I'm going to direct you to the screens to see how this story goes. The first conversation that takes place is right at the start. The younger son goes to the father, and he says, I want my share of, of what is mine now. What's, what was reserved for me once you die, I, I want it now. So translation, dad, you are, you're dead to me. Uh, I don't want a relationship with you anymore. I want a relationship with, I want your stuff. So what was, what, what should have waited till you're dead? Well, you're dead to me now. Give me what's, what's mine. And the father uh, hands it over to him, which kind of makes me, it, it, it points that we, in our lives, there's a battle going on in your mind. We don't give the context of what's going on with the younger son, 
but he thought something. Something was, was going on with him and, and the father and whatever he wasn't getting. He's, I'm going to go elsewhere and get what I need. And there's, there's battles that you and I face. And I want to give a quick promo to, to the next coming weeks because we're going to start a, a new series next week. And we're going we're gonna to take a look at the things that are, that are taking place in our minds. Things like shame, things like anger, things like temptation, things like anxiety and depression and things that are coming at us. Because what we think so many times drives what we do. And he thought, he thought something, and so he went and he did. And so he, he went after whatever was, was next for him because he thought that that would satisfy. So he went after all those things. And so often we can do that in our own minds as well. We, we go after, if I can just get that next job, if I can get that pay raise, if I can get that house, if, you know, I don't know why I'm in Los Alamos, if I could just leave Los Alamos and why I'm stuck here, then that, that will be it. I don't know what it is for you, but we have this idea of whatever is next is going to provide that satisfaction. And so the son went and he did. And, and he went after more and it just left him empty. He went after fun. And he found out that that fun never left him filled. He went after what he thought would satisfy, and it left him starving. I don't know what that is for us, but then Scripture says that, um, like, all, like all parties, they're going to have to come to an end. But this one uh, went from bad to worse because it said a famine hit the land. And when that famine hit, no one expected that to come. And so it just completely knocked him off his feet. I would never wish this upon anyone, but at this point, hitting rock bottom is what it took for him to come to his senses. And, that, and this is what it took for the younger son. It says that when he finally came to his senses, kind of had a conversation with himself, he says, I will go home. I'm going to go home to my father. And so it says in verse 20, it says, so he returned home to the father. You can imagine after telling your dad, I'm dead to you. You're dead to me. How embarrassed he might be. Ashamed he might be. How afraid, uncertain, hopeful maybe of something, but afraid, not knowing what to expect of this uncertain situation and it says, while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he, the father, ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Which brings us to the second conversation with the father in this story, because you can imagine the son's confusion. He had rehearsed this before. And you and I, we have, we have critics in our lives, we have, we have some haters in our lives, we have maybe some, some, if the religious people were writing this story, they probably would write it a little bit differently. It would probably be the father, from a long distance, saw the son, filled with anger and rage, ran towards him. And when he, when he got to the son, the father decked the son, knocked him down. And while he was down, kicked him. And the, and the son, because he had rehearsed this, knew it might go, Dad, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you. I, I, messed, up. I messed up, Dad, I'm sorry. You're right, you messed up. 
You've insulted me. You've embarrassed our family. You blew everything. You're a, you're a disgrace. If you wanted help, you should have come back sooner. And oh, by the way, you show your face here again, I'm going to remind you of everything you've done. Get out of my sight. Now, I don't know too many of us that would allow anyone to talk to our kids like that or to allow people to talk to us like that. Like we might have some haters and some critics, but if, if we have a moment of transparency, so for some of us, we'll, we'll talk to ourselves like that. Because in the moment where the father ran to him, kissed him, and embraced him, and gave him that first show of love and acceptance. Pause. Pause, Dad. Whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't going the way I expected. I'm not, like, we will identify with our past. God's trying to bless us. And we'll be down saying, I'm unworthy. Because I, I denied you. I was the one that denied you. I was the one, I slept around. I still have the smell of the party on me, the stench and the grossness and the dirt. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. He's trying. Some of us will identify with our past when, when God's trying to show you how you are fully loved and accepted. I don't know about you, but I am so grateful and thankful for Jesus' version of the story. Because it says, from a far distance, he saw the son, which means he had never given up on the son. He had heard the rumors of what was going on. He had hoped and prayed that one day he will be coming back. And he saw him from a long distance, meaning he was looking. And he ran, showing that he was, he was so excited, so thrilled, so full of joy to go and, and greet his son who he had been waiting on the entire time because he loved him, filled with love and compassion for his son. And it says that he ran and he gave him a huge hug. My son, Charlie, and I, we have this little thing bet between us where um, he'll go to Rita or myself and he'll want to give us a hug and we'll say little hug or big hug. And if it's little hug, he'll just kind of inch up and, and kind of lean into you like this. But if it's big hug, big hug, he'll back up as far as he can until he can't touch anything else. And like, big hug? Big hug. And he comes running, running, running. And he jumps into our arms and we love it and we hug it out and it's awesome as a dad. But this isn't the son running to the dad. This is the dad running to the son, giving him a full embrace and kissing him. Jesus is not intimidated by his grossness. It wasn't like, oh, go take a bath and then no, we'll hug it out. No. God loves you. God cares about you. He is filled with joy when you take that step and come back home. Even the servants are like, I've never seen this guy run before. And they come, they come into the scene and, and he's still, the, the father's like, what are you looking at, servants? Go inside, get the robe, get the, get the sandals, get the ring, get the, go to Party City. We are going to celebrate because my son was lost. This is my son. This is my boy. Let's go party together. I'm so glad we have a God that celebrates and is full of, of, of joy. He says, go, go, get the, go get the robe. 
Because that identifies you as my son. You are not a servant here. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. Go and get the ring, which means you have authority in this house. You are my ambassador here. You can sign off on some things in here. I have so much pleasure and joy. You have immediate authority in this house. And go and get the sandals. Because that's something of luxury. You are not a servant who is going to to wash people's feet. No, you are getting the sandals because you are free in this house. You are not a slave. You are not a servant. We serve a God that celebrates, that is full of joy over one sinner who repents and comes home to him. I know for, for me growing up in church, it was one of those where it's like, oh, I kind of expect heaven to be like um, an eternal church service. And church service kind of, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's kind of boring. And if that's, if that's what heaven's like, uh, I kind of I pass maybe on that. I don't know if anybody can relate. I don't, I don't think we even know what to fully expect when we get to heaven. It is a place of joy. It is a place of celebration. And it is a place where there is a party for those who are unworthy. There is a party for those who have denied him. There's a party for you. There's a party for me. There is a party for, for the religious haters. There's a party waiting for everyone who takes a step home. And when you take that step, the Father is running. Even, even for the religious people, because the third conversation that takes place, the third conversation with the Father takes place is with the older brother. He's like, this isn't how I expected it to go. He, he's coming in from work. He hears the sound. Of, of, of a party, of, of dancing. He asks the servant who's there, who's working with him. He says, what's going on? He says, your, your brother, he's back. He's here. Your dad is, is throwing a party for him. And you can, you can see the, the confusion that he's having here. Wait a minute. I, I, we've heard the rumors. Like, we heard what he was doing. It, it, the news has traveled back to how he's been spending the money what all he's been doing. We heard about the famine. I knew that fool would be coming back someday. But wait, 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 wait. You said there's a, a party going on? Like, that's not how I expected it to go. Have you ever, you ever tried to figure God out? Like, you're like, here's the script, God. I, I've got the movie scene. The script is written for this movie. But you're not, you're not reading it. Why, what, what's going on here? And the more we hold on to our movie script, the more we, we, we try to make God subject to our expectations, the more frustrated you're going to be. Trying to, trying to, you just need to hand him the script. He, didn't, he never came to read your script. He never came to be subject to your expectations. And the faster that we learn to, to just put our script down and pick his up, the more better it's going to be. He, he held on to his script, and, it, and he got frustrated. He's really frustrated. I don't know where you're, where you're at with God right now. You might be in a season of frustration with God, but it's fine. I will tell you that. If you're here today, it's fine. You're human. <laughs> you're human, and God knows, and he still loves you because for the second time 
in this story, the father pursues. The father pursues after the son, and he comes out to the son, and he begs him to come into the party. But by this time, the son, is, is, he, he hasn't let go of that frustration, and it's, it's anger now. He's angry with the father, and he, he lets him have it. He says, all these years, all these years, I've served you, I've done everything you've asked me to do. Not once did you throw me a party. And this fool comes in. He says, your son, not even my brother, your son. He comes in, walking in, and you're going to give him a free pass for all of this. Are you blind? What, what is going on here? This makes no sense. You're not reading my script. And then the, the father says, dear son, I think, I think with the filled with the same love and compassion that he had for the younger son. It says, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by my side, and everything I have is yours. He gives him a word. You ever need a word from Jesus, a word from God? Sometimes it's not what you want or what you expect. Basically, he tells him, hey, You've had access the whole time to the party. But you've been working. You've been too busy to come in. You would have never come in because you were always trying to earn it. You're trying to, you're trying to earn my recognition. I didn't, he let him know, I didn't come to read your script. And I'm not subject to your expectations, son. So many times, so many times, when God is working in our lives, he's not trying to change your circumstances. Because this, the party was still going to go on, whether the son entered or not. But he'll give you a word if you're listening. He'll give you a word if you're open to it to change your perspective in your circumstances. And both times, when those sons came to the father, or when they had that conversation with the father, he's not changing the circumstances. You're still my son. He's trying to change their perspective and saying, come into the party. Come home. There's a celebration here. And that's exactly what the father is doing. Now, most of us, if we've grown up in, in church or we've heard this story a lot, there's usually a, a title to this story. It's, if, if you know it, you can say it. It's called the story of the what? prodigal son, right? But no. Do you know what the word prodigal means? Do you know what the definition of the word prodigal is? It does not mean wild living. It does not mean like going and partying and drunkenness and, and, and prostitution and, and just going crazy. Prodigal means lavish. Definition of prodigal is, is luxurious. And a, a, a quite twist in the story that you don't expect. This story is not about the sons. Jesus, why do you hang out with sinners? Why do you associate with those people? Because I'm trying to tell you a story about a prodigal father who is, who is the most luxurious and lavish person in this whole story, who is showing them how much he loves everyone 
and wants to have a party and a celebration and a relationship with everyone. If you miss this, I've told you three stories. If you miss this, you miss who the Father is. And for some of us today, why do you hang out with such sinful people? And Jesus would flip it around and say, why don't you get out of your comfort zone? Get out of your Christian bubble because that's who I love. I love you and I love you enough to get you out of your bubble and say, go and, and, and reach the lost. I'll do anything I can to have a party with them because, because everyone is lost Everyone in this story, all the sons, they were lost. And the only time it's good to know that you're, you're lost is when you can admit it. Like, okay, I, you know, you're, you're driving in the car, and the, the spouse says, I think we're lost. And, oh, we're good. I know where we're going. No, it's only good 20 minutes down the road when I'm humble enough to say, you know what? I think we are lost. Because then we can start taking a step and move into the right direction. It's good. It's a good thing to be able to admit I'm lost. Because then you can start finding the right direction in what you need to go. Everyone is pursued. Jesus is pursuing you right now. You are here, hearing about the love of God, and he's pursuing you right now. And I don't know what scene you find yourself in right now. Some of you, you might be in a scene right now where you're like, I want to I chase after what's next. I want to chase after it. If I could just leave the house, if I could just get away from my parents, I, I, then it's going to be great. If I could just get out of Los Alamos and you're chasing after all these things. Listen, these things may not be bad, but apart from God and his will, you do not want to go chasing after things that are not a part of his will for your life. You might be in a scene where God's telling you that he loves you but all you can think about is how unworthy you are. And you're pointing, you identify with your past, and you have this battle in your mind where it's just, you identify with shame, disappointment, failure. You might be in a scene in your, in your, in your life where you're frustrated with God. He's not reading your script. Why aren't you reading my script? This is not how I expected it to go, and he's saying, hand me your scripts. Everyone in here is pursued by Jesus, and he's letting you know that he loves you, that if you would just take a step into the party, there's a celebration waiting for you. This is a story about a prodigal father, and the story ends with a cliffhanger. We don't know if he made it in, and here's the thing that I want to tell you today, church. Your scene, whatever you're in right now, is not the end of your story. God has such great plans for you. He, he, you are his child. You are his daughter. If you are here today, your scene is not the end of your story. It, the, the chapter doesn't end at chapter 13. There's more to go to it. But it's, it's, Luke leaves you hanging. Jesus, he tells the story and he leaves you hanging because he's like, what are you going to do next? What's your next step? Are you going to... Stay where you're at in this scene or are you going to get up and join the Father for the party that he has for you? Everyone is lost. Everyone is pursued. Everyone is loved. 
Scripture says that God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still gross and nasty and smelly, enemies of His, He died for us, which means you have value. You want to know how you determine value? Value is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay. You might look at a piece of artwork and say, that's a piece of junk, I wouldn't pay 50 cents for it. And someone else would look at it and say, I'm going to pay millions of dollars. Well, there's a party in your name that God is throwing on for you in your name. And you want to know the price on that party? It was a high price. God paid his own life for it, for you and I to join in on this party, to welcome, and, and to, to welcome the presence of God in our life and understood that you are loved, that you are accepted. And he wants to have a party. You say, how do I, t- how do I, how do I come into the party? Very simple. At Freedom Church, we just say, you take your next step. You just, whatever God is calling you to do, as Rita was saying, hey, I had a next step and it was to go pray for that woman. If that's your next step, go and do it because blessing's on the other side. For some of you, that's your first step. Scripture says, if you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. That's the first step. You want to know how Christians have celebrated taking that step? ever since the beginning of Christianity? How do, how do Christians celebrate taking that first step? Baptism. Doesn't save you. It's not baptized and then get saved. It is always, they got saved, and then they said, Jesus is the Lord of my life, and they have celebrated ever since the beginning by getting baptized. Someone in here today, you, you may be saved, but you've never been baptized, and you need to take that step. We'll get, a, we'll get a tank in here and we will celebrate like crazy if you want to take that step. There's no shame. My, my heart as a pastor is that we don't leave here stuck in the scene, but that we would take next steps and we give God the glory for whatever he is doing. That's how, that's how you celebrate with God. Let's all stand for closing prayer and we'll sing a song. And as we do, I, wanna, I just want to invite you into a moment of, of response, a time of invitation with everybody's uh, head bowed and eyes closed. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.